Hello and welcome to episode 80 of Inside the WDF with me, Andrew Sinclair. This might have been a week with no World Darts Federation ranking event after the Victorian Classic, which should have been the first Australian event of the year, was cancelled because of COVID restrictions. Uh, But it's still a week where you'll get a podcast and some updates from me. There was an update from the WDF themselves earlier this week about the World Championship, and I'll give my thoughts on that in a little bit. And there's also some follow-up in the way of a guest from the Las Vegas Open, which was just over a week ago. This week's guest is the man who won the men's Las Vegas Open, Captain America himself, Jim Widmeyer. I caught up with Jim earlier in the week to discuss his win over Gary Mawson in the final, picking up a title for the first time in almost two and a half years, his recent battle with cancer, his big aim for a lakeside return and a Q School debut, and much, much more besides. I'm now delighted to be joined by Captain America himself, Jim Widmeyer. Jim, how are you? Hey, I'm, I'm great. Yeah, thank you. Lovely to have you on the show. Congratulations on your Las Vegas Open win just over a, a week ago. How do you reflect on that win now? Thanks. Yeah, that, that was a, a big win for me. When, after the year I had last year, fighting cancer and everything, I need to really get a good win to get me back going again. Yeah. I mean, we'll talk about the darts in a minute, but I mean, with the, with the cancer battle for you, when was it that you were actually first diagnosed? Uh, I was diagnosed uh, August of 2020, and uh, I, in the fall of that year, I went through chemo and radiation, then had surgery on February 3rd of last year, and then uh, did another batch of chemo up until July. And what's the status now with you? Uh, so far, no signs of the cancer. They removed it all. That's fantastic news. Yeah, greatness. So I suppose, as you say, the the last couple of years everybody's had with not a lot of darts for some of the time, and obviously your your health issues. I suppose that that win in Las Vegas probably tasted even sweeter. Yeah, it it, it, it was a much needed win. And I mean, looking at the the tournament bracket and everything, you had a lot of tight games during the the Open. A lot of sort of four threes, five fours. When you actually beat Gary Mawson in the final, did you feel like you'd had to really work for it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, we started off slow, and then uh, they said I raised my average 26 points after the, the first two, two legs. So, yeah, I kicked it in a, a notch. And am I right in thinking that you were, you were actually using a new equipment setup during the weekend in Vegas? Yeah, uh, I just changed my uh, flight setup because mm-hmm. I've been getting uh, big deflections off the standard flights lately. So I switched to a, a Cosmo Fit Flight, mm-hmm. a W shape, and that seems to be working for me and raise, raising my average uh, another five points at least. I sort of touched on it there. You know, obviously you've been going through the treatment and everything, but for a lot of that time, that the, the world was shut down and there weren't competitions. Were you able to keep practicing at home during that time? Yeah, I was playing online darts. Uh, there was a, a league started up around here uh, 
DPFL, and I've been playing on the webcam darts, getting some practice in, and just trying to refine my game. Yeah, of course. You were obviously playing some of the, the tournaments last year when you were at the, the back end of the, the chemo treatment. Did you find the, the tournaments a little bit more draining than maybe you had in the past? Yeah, it, it was tiring because, you know, I played a couple still while going through the chemo. I was attached to a pump five days a week and uh, I get uh, detached from it on Friday and go to a tournament and, you know, Back on Monday, I get connected again. Ouch, wow. Yeah, just to get some kind of practice and keep my game from falling off big time. Yeah, wow. When you, you kind of first got the news of the, the, the cancer, had you been feeling ill beforehand or was it a, a complete surprise? No, there were signs of it, but I ignored it. You know, I didn't pay much attention to it, which I should have. Uh, I would have caught it earlier, <laughs> but, you know, I had good doctors and they took care of it. It was stage uh, 3B, almost stage 4, so I got lucky there. Wow. And I suppose, you know, that's probably changed your, your perspective on a, on a lot of things. And winning the, the Las Vegas Open, that gets you a spot at the, the World Masters later this year in the, yeah. the Netherlands. That's a tournament that you've had some pretty good runs in in the past. Yeah, I I like that tournament. I like the format, and you know I've done well a couple times in it. And also, it, it, I mean, it's very early days. It's just the first event of the season, but it means that you're currently leading the race for for one of America's lakeside places. But I mean, what would it mean to you to to actually seal a return and play at the World Championships next year? Well, that's that's my goal now. You know, I'm going to start pacing because. Starting off like I did, that's something you need to do if you want to advance yourself. Of course, yeah. You've played at Lakeside three times before in the the, the World Championships. What are some of the, the stand-up memories from those times you've been over before? Uh, I, I love the crowd there. I, I, you know, I like competition. If... <laughs> No matter what, winning or losing, I, I still like the competition that's over there. And playing the different international players, you know, it's a good thing. I mean, the first year you were there, you won your first game, which was obviously fantastic. And then you, you played Stephen Bunting, who was world number one, <clears throat> enormous favourite that year. Were you aware when you played him of how big a favourite for the whole tournament that, that Stephen was? Yes, because I played, I played him earlier at the uh, Zudadine Masters, too. So I, I, know, I know Steve a while, and uh, I, I knew what he did the whole year. So I, actually, I was the first one to take a, a set from him on, on TV in the year. And that's after missing my first 18 darts at a double. <laughs> And I mean, for for that first game in the in the preliminary round, I, I seem to think it was quite a, a scrappy game. Were you feeling nervous for that first game on the stage? Oh yeah, it was my first time like in Lakeside, and you know the nerves were definitely in. And I think you know that the last time you were there, I, I have vivid memories of your game with with Nigel Hayden because it was a fantastic 
game to, to watch? Was that a great game to be a part of as well? Yeah, don't remind me that. We, I was, I was well off, and then we went to TV break, and I didn't win a leg after that. <laughs> I tried to practice on stage, and they wouldn't let me. And I, I don't know, I just fell apart. I guess. Well, he kicked it up too. So I suppose uh, if you do get back there next year, right in that wrong of, you know, the game going away from you, I'm sure it's high up the priority list. Oh, it definitely is. Looking back for you, I know you've been playing darts quite quite a long time. What were your what's your earliest darts memory? Ninety two, which got me going to tournaments and everything. I I took my buddy to a tournament and we. We won the doubles, and I won both singles here in the States in the same weekend with all the big names back then from the U.S., and uh, yeah, that got me going. That was a good memory. Yeah, for sure, and I mean, before that tournament, had you been playing darts, you know, at home or local things? I just been playing league and would, like, hit, hit a, a tournament uh, here and there, but nothing committed, you know? And where was it that you got the, the, the big win in the singles and the pairs? Uh, New, New Jersey Open, 1992. I mean, a couple of years after that was the, the first time British fans had, had seen you. You played at the inaugural world match play. I mean, how was that? You know, sort of nearly 30 years ago now. Yeah, that was like... Uh, the, the nerves were definitely there. You know, I was pretty much new to the game and new to the tournament scene and playing Keith Deller on his home turf, you know. Yeah, but, you know, the match went the distance and I just messed up on my doubles. I could have had him, but that's how the game goes. <laughs> and I mean, that was, I'm, I'm sure, a, a tremendous experience, even if, you know, the result didn't go your way because, as you say, you were pretty new to, to all of it. Now, something you've you've done quite a lot is, is play for the, the USA. You've been part of teams that have won the America's Cup. You've played at World Cups. How much do you enjoy representing your country? That's a big thing for me. I, I love representing the country, making the U.S. teams, the map, the, to go and play in the World Masters, America's Cup. You know, it's, it's something to represent your country, no matter what level it's at. Mm. Yeah, of course. And is is playing for your country where you got your Captain America nickname? No, actually, it was Lakeside. Yeah. I had a, a dartboard on the back of my shirt, and someone started calling me it, and it just took. <laughs> uh, was it one of those nicknames that stuck, or were you quite happy with it? No, I, I was quite happy with it. Yeah. You know, I. I've represented my country a few times before, you know that, and uh, it, it's a it's a good name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. And I mean, in terms of tournaments and events, what are your your plans for the rest of the year? I can elevate my game to more 
and be ready to compete overseas. Hmm. And I mean, are there are there travel restrictions at the moment in the US between states, or are you going to be able to kind of travel around the country um, fairly easily? It's pretty much wide open. I'm I'm in Florida now, and we have no restrictions at all. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. I suppose kind of after everything you've you've been through, you know, recently, kind of have you reevaluated what you want to do with darts? What are the goals you have now? The goals I have now is eventually getting to Q school. I was going to go this year, but, you know, I had, I had COVID a couple of weeks beforehand and couldn't go. I had to change my mind on that. And uh, so now I aim at the whatever gets me over there. I, I could make it through the CDC or the WDF. Yeah, exactly. And it's great you've got those opportunities available. You say you got covid must have been, you know, around Christmas time. Did you get it quite bad or were you, you know, luckily fairly okay with it? No, it was, it was just like a 103 fever for a day or two and that's about it. Well, that's good. That's good then. Looking at it now, obviously, as you say, you've been playing darts sort of 30 years across America. How do you feel the standard is now compared to, to when you started? You know, when I started, everyone, there was... I guess with with the type of board used, with the wires and everything, the averages were down, and everyone sees that in the in the eighties, the late nineties, the averages were down. It didn't come to about maybe two thousand that the averages rose, pretty much. So yeah, the the competition was great. It's still like today. There's more people at the, at my level to play against. Hmm. You know, and you know you have to elevate your game with the new boards, the hmm. bigger targets, and hmm. less bounce outs. <laughs> <laughs> you talked about using the the Cosmo stuff before. Are you still using that? I know you used to be, uh, you know, a windmill player. Are you still using the windmill darts? Yeah, I'm. I'm I'm still sponsored by Winmau. You know, I still use my signature darts with Winmau. I just had to change the flights up for something that helps me score better. Yeah, I tried everything like the last few weeks to to get my average up a little bit. So this seemed to work the best. Thank you so much for your time, Jim. I really appreciate it, and uh, I wish you all the best for the rest of the year. And hopefully, you get that that achievement of getting back to Lakeside next year. It was great chatting to, to Jim and it's great to hear that he's on the mend as well. Obviously got a great start to the year. He said he's going to be playing at the Camellia Classic in February. Hopefully he's on a an onward and upward march and hopefully can, can come back to the UK next year for a fourth Lakeside appearance. I actually watched the, the stream of the, the Las Vegas Open final. Shout out to, to Will Stewart and the team at USA Darts for that. They do a tremendous job. Uh, streaming some of these ADO events um, and it was a good game I really enjoyed it it was a very slow start f- for both of them but Jim threw well and definitely grew into the game and really the thing that separated him and Gary was the fact that Jim was much much more clinical on the doubles and when he had chances he invariably took them away I think he finished with a doubles percentage of 46% something like that which you know if you can if you can hit your finishes anywhere near that standard you're always going to have a good chance 
but no, Jim played very well and uh, wish him the best for the rest of the year. Now, on to the, the WDF. They put out a press release earlier this week about the World Championships. Now, obviously the thing that everybody's waiting for is is what they're going to do with the Men's World Championships, the seven places that are now vacant because of the, the goings-on at Q School and how that affects the draw. Now, there was no update really on that in the, the press release. It just said that those would be addressed in due course. What they did confirm was that the World Championship will be from the 2nd to the 10th of April and that the women's and youth lineups are as they were in December. So those fields are confirmed, those draws are the same as they were. Interestingly enough, looking at it, the schedule now looks a lot different. It just says for some sessions four men's games or three men's games or however many it was going to be, but the games that were there before aren't there anymore. So to me that smacks of the fact a redraw is a formality. I discussed this last week. I sort of walked through the options and have had some some feedback. You know, there have been people who agreed with me, who thought, you know, that the idea I suggested of opening it up to guys who couldn't play originally, a couple of reserves from the ranking table and a fresh qualifier. But there were also people, you know, like Tony Martin who who didn't agree with that. But at the same time said that taking seven players from the ranking table probably wasn't the best move for the tournament either. So it's not an easy solution. I'm very much looking forward to, to seeing what they do. But realistically, whatever the, the WDF decide to do, they need to do it soon. Because they need to get the field confirmed and the draw confirmed, whether that's a revised version of the original draw or a fresh one entirely. They need to get that confirmed so that their focus can switch for February and March to promotion, marketing and shifting the ticket. I really want to see them run dedicated Facebook ad campaigns and, you know, really try and drive it on Twitter. That Facebook ads are not that expensive. You know, you can set it up fairly cheaply and fairly straightforwardly. And it, in theory, should be an easy way to, to bring people in. They really do need to push it, you know. Ticket sales were 15% in December. Can't imagine there's been much change since then. So they really do need to, to step it up because you want a full venue. Bob Potter will want a full venue in April. And, you know, as, as a fan and a supporter, I want to see that as well. The old techniques of giving it to Super Leagues and counties, I'm sure there's some merit in that, but that system won't save your bacon anymore. But there are tools out there like Facebook ads, you know, like using Twitter you know, and Instagram in the right ways. The tools are there to, to advertise in new ways. And beyond that, there are keen people in the darts community who are willing to support and willing to help. So hopefully those guys can get a look in or can lend a hand if, if that's what they want. But yeah, I'm very interested to see the World Championship field get confirmed and the men's draw, they confirm whatever they're going to do with that and then really see them go into marketing overdrive over the, the next couple of months. The tour itself continues in February. There were a lot of postponements. Uh, Slovakia, Canada have had to, to cancel or postpone events because of COVID restrictions or, or venue limitations. But there's an event pretty much every week in February. And the first is on the, the 5th of the month. That's the Reykjavik International Games in Iceland. That's a bronze-graded event. And it's an event I may well be at myself. I really do need to make my mind up. It's only about 10 days away now, but... I'm very much looking at going. I've been to Iceland before. It's a wonderful country. And uh, I do quite fancy going and seeing how I get on. Uh, uh, but that should be very good. There's also tournaments Canada and America in February. So 
And that's all for this week. Thank you very much to Jim for his time for this week's show and to you guys as well for listening. Your support's always greatly appreciated. I'd encourage you to check out the interviews I did with John O'Shea and Josh Rock last week after they picked up their tour cards. I'll be back next month with coverage from Iceland, uh, previewing a couple of other things as well and the general goings-on of the WDF Tour. In the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter at amsinclair97. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Inside the WDF. You can like the Facebook page, Inside the WDF, and you can rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. In the meantime, stay safe.